Welcome to the Proletarian Contrarian, the podcast where we reevaluate bad films through a leftist perspective. I'm Nick. And I'm Lewis. And, um, folks, you might have seen Martin Scorsese in the news recently um, <laughs> for two reasons. So, one, his film, The Irishman, comes out this month, uh, mm-hmm. which is based on the book uh, I Heard You Paint Houses about the uh, mafiosa hitman, uh, Frank Sheeran. Um, but more oh, importantly, yeah. Uh, he's in the news because uh, he's been uh, throwing some shade at the MCU. <laughs> he's he he listens to our podcast. He's a fan, <laughs> Marty. Marty, thank you. We love you. Yeah. Um, so he's been calling every MCU film a carnival ride or like a theme yes. park ride. Theme um, park. Yeah. Yeah. Which is um, correct. Yeah, he's correct. He's um he's not wrong. Uh, that doesn't mean theme park rides are bad. It doesn't mean they're not fun, but it does mean they're not really cinema, quote unquote. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he, he's extremely correct. Um, and film, not even film there. It's just like MCU nerds are um, are kind of really showing their asses over, over the response to him. They have been. Yeah. They've just been like, oh, well, uh, name a... I don't know, like a movie that Martin Scorsese... I I don't even know what the fuck they're saying half the time. I mean, the the responses are basically like, oh, well, yeah, the the Marvel movies is made of five billion jillion dollars and show me the last time he had a blockbuster or something. Just just complete ignorance. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Um, Yeah, absurd. Um, Well, in honor of Martin Scorsese, uh, Mm -hmm. we are going to kick off a uh, gangster month here in November with um not a martin scorsese film however because every single one of his uh gangster films are bangers um Mm -hmm. they're all masterpieces so 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 you could say oh lewis and nick are is procon gonna review um a martin scorsese film and we would say forget about it Hey, we're podcasted here. We're podcasted here. Um, but no, oh, so yeah. our first uh, entry in, in Gangster Month is um, somewhat unconventional, um, but it, relevant. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is the uh, 2004 film Shark Tale. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, uh, technically a Scorsese flick, yeah. right? Yeah. Because he, he, not, not as director, not as producer um, or writer or anything, but he, he's in this movie. He is as as as, as, as a performer, <laughs> uh, as a thespian, um, as a blowfish. Yes, as the the blowfish named uh, Sykes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this film is a, a DreamWorks film. I think it was. It's definitely after the first Shrek. It might even be after the second Shrek. No, yeah, it was after the it was after the first two Shreks, and that that was kind of like the high water mark for for DreamWorks. I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, um, it's directed. Well, I guess. It, it was like in, in between, sorry to interrupt, but it was in between two peaks that DreamWorks had because the first peak was when Shrek 1 and 2 came out and then there was, um, DreamWorks had kind of a renaissance with stuff like How to Train Your Dragon. Right, yeah. Um, How to Train Your Dragon 2 is trash, folks. Um, is it? Awful. Yeah, unwatchable movie. Did they huh. also do the panda movies, the Kung Fu Panda? Is that them? They did and people really like those yeah um i've only seen the first one i, I don't remember much of it i don't remember a single thing about it either i, I think i've seen the second one as well um mm-hmm. yeah didn't leave much of a an impact on me 
Uh, but Shark Tale is directed by, I think, the same people who did at one of the Shreks, um, Vicky Jensen, sure. uh, Bebo Bergeron, best name ever. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Rob Letterman, Dave Letterman's son. I, don't, I, don't, I actually don't think that's true. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, three people. I don't think I've seen even an animated film that has three separate directors. Yeah. I guess I could see like um, in the early days of computer like CGI, um, I guess that's redundant. Computer, computer generated images. <laughs> um, like in, Whoa, in the early ATM days of like CGI machine. movies, um, it, it's still kind of like people are getting used to the technology. It's still kind of clunky, but this is years after Toy Story. I don't know. Right. I'm I don't know. To I don't too much know credit. why. I, years after Toy Story, I was going to say. Yeah. I don't know why. Three people, whatever. Um, they did fine. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the actors are, are great. Um, um, and what's crazy that this movie has a really weirdly like star-studded cast and um all of the character models for the most part look exactly like them yeah like like the will smith fish looks just like will smith um the robert de niro shark looks kind of creepily like robert oh, de niro yeah. even like shark. the mole on his face yeah they got yep. everything down yep um but yeah in in shark tale we have uh will smith jack black robert de niro renee zellweger angelina jolie Martin Scorsese, Ziggy Marley, Dougie, <laughs> Dougie Doug, yep. Michael Imperioli, amazing, um, Vincent Pastore, uh, also known as um, Big Pussy from The Sopranos, <laughs> um, Katie Couric, Peter Falk, Missy yep. Elliott, and Christina Aguilera, which is incredible. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how they got all these people, especially no. uh, especially Scorsese. That's just odd. We, yeah. But we do have a theory. What, what's our theory? Yeah. Well, we will uh, reveal that later. We'll reveal sure. our, okay. our theory yeah. later. <laughs> You gotta gotta hook them first and reel them in. <laughs> that is the bait, folks. Um, mm. Yeah, it's it's an insane cast. I just imagine like the, there was you know the holdover clout from like the Shrek films, and everybody's like, oh, I just want to get a piece of that DreamWorks action. Right, um, right. Yeah, I don't know. I, this was really the, the 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 rising moment for DreamWorks, um, where it was at, at somewhat a contender with pixar which i don't know i don't know i'm not sure if they are anymore i feel like pixar just has cornered the market i think dreamworks kind of has like some I'm, I'm gonna use a really dated term but like some weirdo like hipster clout um because they have stuff like cloudy with a chance of meatballs they have oh, the yeah. how to train your dragon um they have the the like we were talking about the kung fu panda um i think they're kind of seen as a little like as a little bit of like an edgier kind of more um I don't want to say mature, but more like maybe superficially complex alternative to to Pixar animated movies. Um, not not that I necessarily grew with that, but I that, that that's kind of the perception that I pick up around them. Yeah, it's weird because even like Ants, the movie Ants, they did that, and people like you can see yeah. some discourse around Ants and Bugs Life where people are like, "Yeah, Bugs Life might be Seven Samurai, but Ants is like this smart Woody Allen film. Ants is like Woody Allen's <laughs> life." It's like- <laughs> In Sylvester Stallone as an ant. God, Ants is a fucking weirdo movie. I, yeah. I remember I, I, I when I saw Ants in the theater as a kid, I, I pretended I was like a, a warrior ant, like when I was playing. Wow. Outside the day after, but like it was just for a day, and it was kind of boring. I I remember nothing of Ants. I I saw it in theaters definitely, but mm-hmm. just yeah, I think it was just too smart for me. I was dumb. There is there's a pretty intense battle sequence, um, reminiscent of Starship Troopers. Really. Yeah, like huh. um, the they they fight termites and the termites are like ten times their size and they spray acid all over them and it's kind of mm. 
kind of hardcore. I just remember there's people in it. Like, doesn't take place in like Central Park. It does, and oh god, I'm going off on a fucking tangent right now. But like, there's only one instance of a of a human, and it's this gigantic alien being, and you only see its shoe. It's it's kind of it kind of makes sense from like the perspective of an ant. Hmm. Wow. All right. Well, yeah, DreamWorks is uh, the smart alternative to Pixar. You heard it <laughs> yeah. here, folks. Uh, oh, yeah. Maybe not first, but you heard it here. So it confirmed here. <laughs> so the interesting about thing about this film is that, um, yes, it has a 36% tomato meter and a 49% audience score, but um, it was a box office smash with $367 million made against a $75 million budget. I mean, I believe it. Um, like we were saying, this this is still back in the time when animated CGI animated movies were um, were considered something of a novelty, and like you, you had to go see every one, right. right? Like um, Shrek was was, was huge. Um, Shrek two, everyone, it's, a lot of people like Shrek two better than Shrek one. Um, so they're so they're Weird. still kind of coasting on that. Like we, you have to go see it. It it, it kind of had that that Pixar clout that Pixar has now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was also nominated for a, an Oscar, which is hilarious to me. Yeah, last two um, ob- objectivist text, The Incredibles. Ayn <laughs> <laughs> Rand's um, Ayn Rand's uh, fanfic, yeah. Incredibles. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but it makes sense. I mean, it's in within the first like ten years of the best animated film category even existing. So I feel like just any like animated film that existed yeah like what like what else would there be they had had to fill out the they had to fill out the contention contenders list i guess we uh we have a review here a bbc review um we don't do a lot of across the pond reviews but uh put on our international broadcasting (laughs) shoes today yeah and this review comes from uh stella papa michael i'm just gonna i don't know that's probably it british people are weird man (laughs) how do they work um so uh she says after a muddled start the plot spirals into unfathomable depths of inanity and quite often it's just dull we're presented with watered down caricatures spouting deadweight dialogue the portrayal of sharks as italian mafioso is especially lazy with a quota of bada bings and forget about it's enough to make james con blush de niro probably phoned in his performance i i mean like probably literally everybody phoned it in like i don't know i mean i'm sure they had to go to a studio but i don't know yes whatever i mean they want in a professional production like this i assume they have some kind of special sound booth yeah you know yeah you can't just right but i don't know like they didn't have to maybe junior did phone like i don't know maybe you could do it on a phone like if you have to do, do like redo dialogue, I don't know, whatever. Maybe his character wasn't a pufferfish, and like half of his dialogue was phoned in, but it sounded really bad and tinny. So that's why they have the sections when he puffs up in his voice. Oh, he's like really squeaky. High. They just put it through a modulator. Yeah, or something. there you go. So these yeah. things were phoned in. Uh, moving mm-hmm. on. Uh, <laughs> although Martin Scorsese provides much needed relief with his rib tickling turn as a babbling pufferfish. At the center of it all, Smith fails to engage as a wisecracking hustler with nothing but a cheeky grin to endear him to viewers. Essentially, the anchor doesn't go deep enough and Shark Tale is left to flounder. Oh my god, kill me with these cutesy fucking, mm-hmm. like, thematic metaphors. Yeah. yeah. It's a majority of reviews for, like, every movie, honestly. Yeah, I hate that bullshit. Yeah, it's crazy. so dumb. Like, Popular film reviews are just awful. 
Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not sure if I agree with most of this. I mean, I don't mm, know. I'm, I'm kind of lukewarm in this movie. Yeah. Overall. I, yeah. It, it doesn't deserve the derision it, it got, but um, it, it it's not... Without Martin Scorsese, I wouldn't tell anyone to like go out and see this. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and Robert De Niro. Well, and Will Smith does okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, all, all the performances are fine. Um, but uh, one one guy who didn't think the performances were fine uh, was John Man- Mancini, uh, the founder of the Italic... Italic? I guess Italic? So. It's the stupidest I- name I've ever heard. Italic Institute of America. Um, so, that, so that's not a thing. That's just like a... This sounds like the a, a Pat Donahue um, or Bill, a Bill Donahue um, Catholic Catholic League, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. you know him, like yep. just one guy in in like a secretarial office. Um, it has yeah, like a board of supervisors or board of directors or whatever. Like um, I don't know, it's a bunch of Italian men. Um, <laughs> so it's the mafia. It's the it's, mob. Yeah, basically, it's, it's the mob it's, out, it's of, a, out of out of Hoboken or money laundering for these. Yeah, or Newark. Oh my god. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, Mancini protest the Mancini speaking for the Italic Institute protested the Shark Tale movie for uh, perpetuating negative stereotypes of Italian Americans um, as the antagonists. Amazing. Um, and then another bunch of organizations did the same thing: um, the Columbus Citizens Foundation and the National Italian American Foundation, and like the Sons of the Orders of the Italian Americans, like another <laughs> dumb fucking name. They, they the fucking Opus Dei and like <laughs> the Vatican. And shit. Yeah, they created this uh, this coalition called the National Coalition Against Racial, Religious, and Ethnic Stereotyping, also known as CARES with two R's. But misspelled yeah. because Italians don't know how to spell. <laughs> um, and this was like the first movie they went after. This is the first film they protested. The, really? Yeah. I mean. I, I guess if they were, if they were founded in two thousand four, yeah, exactly. Um, this is like the the first thing that came up, the first film. Yeah, I could I could I could see that. This, this is this is fucking wild because like there there is a soprano, a couple of Sopranos episodes about this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's the one where um Carmela goes to the she goes to like one of these organizations and it's like yes. a luncheon. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> we we want to emphasize wine, not spaghetti. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's funny too because I mean, a lot of these organizations hated The Sopranos as well. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, geez. And these organizations had a precursor as well called the uh, Italian American Anti Defamation League, but then the real Anti Defamation League, the the Jewish oh, yeah. one, sued them out of oblivion, basically. Um, it was specifically for using the word or the term Anti Defamation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Somewhere in this in the '60s, they had to shutter their doors because they they were sued. <laughs> And and folks, there's an even more insane one. Yeah, there's um, the better. American American Family Association, um, which is a Christian conservative group. Um, they raised concerns about this movie because it was. They said it was designed to promote the acceptance of gay rights. Um, yeah, because Jack Black's character Lenny the Shark, um, you can you can easily read his arc as like a as like a gay. Um, fable. I yeah, guess. I think he's also fairly queer coded as well. Like. Oh, he is throughout um, the whole well, movie. I think, and especially when he becomes think, a dolphin. Yeah, I mean, like as with all these things, like you don't know how how valid or or how intentional, I guess they are. Sure. But um, it ju- it just speaks to like the pervasiveness of seeing uh, effeminate things as as queer. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. especially in popular entertainment. So yeah, that that's completely there. Yeah, it's it's strange, folks. Um, 
so I guess the 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 bare bones plot of uh, the bare fishbone plot of uh, <laughs> of this film is uh, Will Smith plays a fish, some kind of colorful fish named Oscar, um, mm-hmm. who works at a car wash and. Uh, Renee Zellweger's character. Oh, uh, uh, excuse me, a whale wash. Oh, yeah, sorry, it's a whale wash. Because um, because whales are analogous to like, uh, like I don't know, tractor trucks or, or something. something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, he has a friend at the uh, whale wash named Angie, who's a receptionist, and she pines mm-hmm. after him throughout the movie. Yeah, she she's in the friend zone, which is yeah. interesting. <laughs> like kind of a gender gender flip for that. Yeah, it's really it's it's strange. It's progressive, folks. That's. I mean, that's kind of a stock character too. Like the the girl next door, who mm-hmm. who the hero doesn't rec- who doesn't appreciate until the the hot girl that he he pines right. after turns out to be shallow. So he finds out like true love was there all along. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think yeah. it's something that we can see throughout literature, throughout classic films. I mean, even yeah. romantic comedies had stuff like that. That you know, um, and Angelina Jolie here plays the the gold digger character of of right. Lola. Um, so yeah, Will Smith, uh, Oscar is like, he owes money to his boss. Who's also a bookie. Uh, and this is the Martin Scorsese character, uh, yeah. Sykes. So owner of the whale yeah. wash and also a bookie. Yeah. And, um, kind of, kind of prescient a little bit of, of, of like breaking bad cause they have a car wash and um, oh, they yeah. use it for, mo- for money laundering. That's right. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a direct reference to shark tale. Exactly. <laughs> Breaking Bad reference tracks. <laughs> Someone um, go edit IMDb. It's user generated. You can do it. <laughs> yeah, breaking bubbles maybe. Um <laughs> But yeah, so in in the in the world of Shark Tale, there's like the civilization, the the Reef City, New Reef yeah. City or whatever. Um and then kind of living on the outskirts of town are, are the the shark mob who um are a bunch of Italian stereotypes. Yeah. Um, they live by, in the Titanic. Yep. Yep, they live in the, they live in the Titanic. Um Robert De Niro plays Lenny, who not Lenny, uh, uh, Don Lino. Don Lino, yeah, Don Lino, who's um, the boss of the family. And this this role was actually supposed to go to uh, Gandolfini, that which would be incredible, great. yeah. Because um, rounding out the shark gang are uh, Michael Imperioli as his son uh, Frankie, yeah, Frankie, yeah, Frankie, mm-hmm. and um, and Vincent Pastore, who played Big Pussy on Sopranos, um, is is Luca, who's like the the consigliere. Um, yeah, he's, he's an octopus. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's there's Jack Black playing Lenny, um, who's by f- like the definition of fail son. Um, oh yeah, probably the most outright definition, like example of a fail son character that we've I, had. I would say our best example so far. Yeah, yeah he is a vegetarian shark. Uh, <laughs> kind of says it all. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's where the queer coded stuff kind of starts to come in because um, not only is he vegetarian, but he he's he's wimpy. He doesn't he doesn't want to like obviously he doesn't want to kill and eat um fish right um but he's also like affectionate to these things that he's that he's his his brother and his father try to force him to kill um he's very like kind of flighty and even even his accent is 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 queer coded for sure Mm -hmm. i I could see that yeah i mean so obviously you know jack black um well i guess only jack black is the the one who has to do like an accent because the rest of them are italian americans uh (laughs) But he, yeah, he's like he's doing like this whinier version of an Italian American like stereotyped accent. Um, yes, and I think I think you can read it as like you said. First of all, effeminate, but a lot of times in our culture, in popular culture, the more effeminate yeah. just like equally you know is translates to gay. 
Um, especially in 2004 too that especially yeah it's it's one it's one and the same yeah um so oscar will smith owes a shit ton of money to sykes which means he owes money to don lino right um and um angie gives him her her grandmother's pearl like like this hand-me-down from a grandmother that's like really like this antique that's really expensive um, and he sells that and he gets the money um, and he's going to meet Sykes at the Sykes at the the, the seahorse racing yeah. track <laughs> um, kind of kind of fills the brim um, with like Spongebob type references yeah. um, which is funny because Spongebob was contemporaneous with this um, it was that's right and a lot of a lot of the same kind of like nautical nonsense jokes are, are here but they're done better in Spongebob mm. of course yeah a lot of the um, like physics stuff as well, like the, the the more like wonky physics is in this film and SpongeBob too, right? Um, but what makes it work in SpongeBob is there, there's gravity. There there's they're just people like, right. walking. Yeah, because it just, it just <laughs> looks water. And, yeah. and that's so absurd. But it works in a cartoon a lot better than like um, there's a lot of traffic jokes in this in this movie which don't work. Right, because the fish can swim up too. Yeah, and down and and they're shown swimming up and down. So like. I, I I know it's a kids movie, but there has to be some kind of um, like verisimilitude of of this bullshit that you kind of put together, um, which is why it works in SpongeBob and it doesn't work here. Yeah, no, I I think the world they try to create, as much as I think like the the new Reef City, I I don't even think mm-hmm. that's what they call it, but that's what we're gonna they keep calling call it because it's yeah. actually better than whatever they say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, as much as I think like it is interesting and like you know, um, sure, it, it's a different setting it differentiates itself from like finding Nemo enough that like, it's interesting. Um, right. Yeah. That's the other big thing. Finding Nemo came out um, a year before this. Yeah. A year before this, I guess this one was, they were working on this one before finding Nemo and then like something delayed this film. So then I was reading on the Wikipedia page that DreamWorks did acknowledge the similarities to, to finding Nemo. Um, they, they actually came out and said, Oh, Pixar is doing a very, a very similar to thing to like to our next movie. Um, and apparently they mentioned like, oh, we're in collaboration with Pixar to make sure we don't step on each other's toes or something, which is, I don't know. Yeah, that was weird. Like they, they, I read, I think I read the same thing as you did. And they said something like, you know, we, we didn't do this to like, you know, in terms of like competition, but it's just like, mm-hmm. it's just coincidence basically. Which is weird when you think about the similarity of Ants and Bugs Life. Right. They both came out right around the same time right. too. <laughs> I mean, just all those kind of like mirror image films, you know? Right. Um, yeah. My theory with those is that they are like, it is competition. Like th- these films are put out to compete with each other. Like it just sure. makes the most sense. They're products in this terrible late capitalist hellscape. Like why wouldn't it, you do that? And um, the animation community too, especially just like at the time there were, there were so few American companies doing this kind of thing. Right. Um, I, I could just see like a lot of, a lot of cross pollination going on. Um, intentional and unintentional too and it's been documented that like pixar has a a history of like awful labor practices as well right so i can imagine some like disgruntled pixar employees like yeah fuck this i'm gonna i'm gonna take what i saw in 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 the writer's room (laughs) today and i'm gonna go over i'm gonna defect over to dreamworks (laughs) hell yeah and anything anything to bleed the most dry i'm I'm for it um but yeah the, the other cool thing about the look of this movie that i kind of appreciate I don't really like it, but I, I do think it's interesting. Uh, the whole the whole movie is weirdly muted. It has a very um, dull col- color palette, um, especially contrasted with with Finding Nemo. Right. Yeah. Um, it looks weirdly realistic 
um, especially like the the reef of the city. Like it's it's not this crazy like phantasmagoria of um like Little Mermaid stuff under the water. It it kind of looks like what you would think underwater looks like in in the Atlantic Ocean or whatever. Um, and and that's just very. It's very interesting, especially like when you think of the time period, um, in rel- relative to like all these animated movies coming out. You, you would you would think that like everything would be really garish and um and over the top and very like expressive um kind of more like what finding nemo did um but it, it it's not it's 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 weirdly i don't want to use the word realistic but like it's weirdly like gritty almost yeah i can see that i mean they are going for like the new york gangster film aesthetic um so i guess it makes I, sense I, I guess, but like it's a kids movie, you right? Know? It, it's like right. a kids gangster New York movie. I I really expected a lot more, basically, like to put up only like bright flashing colors. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think that's kind of um, the cognitive dissonance of this movie, though, right? It's mm-hmm. like I, I don't actually think it's a kids movie. It doesn't. It never feels like a kids movie, besides like the cheesy ass jokes. It's, but it it definitively is a kids movie. Like sure. it, it, it's yes. a DreamWorks production and, and they, they were in the market of, of selling to kids. Yeah, for sure. But I don't know. Like, I don't think there's any child who understood any of these references in this movie. Oh yeah. for that, That's just early aughts awkwardness from a, for like an animated movie that, yeah, I guess I but that, like, even if you look at like Shrek, like, yeah, Shrek has like pop culture references throughout, but a lot of it is just like, fart jokes and like you know fairy tale stuff that kids would obviously understand but like the jokes here and the references here are like all legitimately like godfather or scorsese films or like just oh i i agree i i just i just don't think this movie was intended as anything other than a kid's movie with with some subtle jokes for for adults to get because like when kids drag their their parents to go see it sure i mean that's a prevailing narrative with a lot of these things i just i think like this film specifically, I think, is just a, a tad different because I really like. Mm. I just I know it's for kids. I know it's made for kids, but it just does not seem like it's it's for kids at all. Besides being an animated right. movie, like right, that's right. about it. I th- I don't think it's like. I think some of the themes are a little darker. I mean, we see a shark yeah. get fucking murked by an an anchor, and then like, <laughs> which is. A very funny death, honestly. It is. <laughs> it just comes out of nowhere. It's it's very SpongeBobby, like yeah. very SpongeBob esque. Uh, and that shark, by the way, is um, Frankie. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the Lenny Lenny's big brother, who who is a true like true red red blooded shark through and through. Um, he he's trying to force Lenny to kill Oscar because they stumble upon him. Um, because because like a, I'm just gonna call him De Niro. Um, Don Lino. Don, Don Lino, Lino. De Niro. Um, Don Lino's like, oh, I want both my sons to run the family business, and they both got to be stone stone cold killers. Um, so yeah, they when Frankie takes Lenny out to kill um, Oscar, because of course Oscar loses all the money at the at the horse racing. Um, he's just randomly killed by a falling anchor. Yeah, yeah. And one of my favorite lines is at the 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 horse uh, the seahorse track actually because he bets his money on this one horse it's supposed to be like a hundred to one odds or whatever and it it actually trips like as it's rounding the bend. Well, he he here overhears what I presume are other mobsters talking about how the race is fixed. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So it's this this horse is supposed to win, but it, it's funny because like you hear that and then that sets up. Um, 
the inevitable joke of when the horse gets a late start and it looks like he's going to lose. So like, he, so Oscar's losing his mind, but then the horse starts running and starts doing really well. And then you're like, oh, so he's actually going to win. But then he trips and then he loses anyway. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a pretty good scene. It's funny. You know, that's more for four kids uh, uh, section, I guess. Uh. Oh, I, I guess I guess we were discovering the differences in our, our humor tastes here. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the line that I think I think Oscar says it. he says, who in the halibut trips underwater? That's a very like SpongeBob line. Like, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, the classic SpongeBob joke of oh, oh hey let's let's burn these papers in the, <laughs> yeah. the fireplace here. <laughs> so yeah, flash forward. Um, Sykes is pissed off that Lenny had his mon- had his money ready, but then blew it all. So he um, he sends his two jellyfish Rasta um, in- enforcers yeah. played by Dougie Doug and Ziggy Marley Amazing. to like just take him out to the outskirts of town and, and whack him or something. Yeah. Um, well, they 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 torture him, and, they, and then they're going to they kill him. him. Like th- again, where this is not uh, for children, um, right? They they torture him with their with their electrical uh, tendrils. Yeah, and they have uh, Quentin Tarantino trunk shot as well. They put him in the trunk yes. of their car. Yes, yes. What was it? I don't remember, but it was a trunk shot. Was How it a car? Find out. Yeah, they just put him in a trunk of something. <laughs> I mean, that's the beauty maybe of the it's trunk, like a, trunk, shot, right? like, a, like a, a storage. Trunk yeah, right, it's possible. Know? And maybe it was that. I don't remember. But I mean, yeah, the, the, that's the beauty of the trunk shot. You don't have to know what it is because it's the perspective of the actual trunk. So you don't actually have to show what it is. Um, right. And uh, yeah, so then the the thing happens with um, the, the the Frankie death scene happens after this uh, a small chase sequence. They're they're by another you know sunken ship, and the anchor just happens to fall and uh and kill him so yeah after after lenny um kind of runs off crying because because frankie's dead um the two the two jellyfish come back because they hear the commotion and they see oscar standing over the dead frankie right and they they think he killed the shark yep um and and then there's actually kind of an interesting transition here um it zooms in on oscar um kind of exaggerating in telling this tall tale and then it zooms out again and he's all at once telling the telling the tall tale to a bunch of fish in front of him back in back in town um so that was kind of a neat transition like one that i didn't expect from um from this section of this movie i guess um but yeah based based on that kind of boy who cried wolf um exaggeration oscar is held up as as the shark slayer yeah. and sykes becomes his agent which is yeah it's just a fun little dynamic mm-hmm. there yeah he becomes incredibly wealthy um he gets like a, a high-rise apartment on top of the reef that he had previously mm-hmm. you know uh, looked at in admiration um, sponsorships he's, yep. he's they, sh- they show him drinking like coke and ads yeah coral and cola i think is what they call yeah. it <laughs> there's a lot yeah. of that stuff throughout like these yeah. little puns and then the the seductive gold digger character um lola Luna. Lola. Lola. Yeah. yeah lola um who who states out loud to him at one point i'm superficial yep <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah he meets her at the at the horse track yeah, he meets he meets her briefly when 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 she thinks that he's a, he's like rich because right. he says she overhears him saying something to the to the bookie. Um, she's like, "Yeah, I'm just superficial." Uh, but then she falls back in love with him once he has all this newfound success, um, and of course that causes that rift um, between him and Angie because mm-hmm. um, they have a nice little moment at the at the new apartment that he has um, when he gives her gives her back the the pearl that he bought back for her. 
um, and she thinks he's going to propose and everything. And then there's a little three-way love triangle going on. Yeah. Although that's my least favorite part of this movie. I don't it's know. So, it's so perfunctory. Yeah. Um, Again, like, do they think children want that? I don't know. I mean, I guess, like, there's obviously other examples of, like, children's movies where there's, you know, this romance. Of course, that's Lady and the Tramp. That's the main thrust of the movie. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess children are, a, like, little adults, right? They also want to see romantic stories. But I don't know. This one's a fairly mature, like, romantic story for a kid's movie. Especially they yeah, like they call I, her a gold digger. Like they play some gold digger song when we first see Lola. Like that was absurd. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a little fantasy sequence that and it plays that song. I, I just think it's so encoded, like you you especially DreamWorks two thousand four, they they were like, What? A a a four quadrant kind of family family friendly kids like adventure cartoon movie without a romance right. subplot. I like, mean, what, Shrek, what are you, what are you obviously, Shrek, Shrek 2, yeah, it makes every sense. Disney movie, right. Every Disney movie made up until this point. Yeah. Every Pixar movie made up until this point. Yeah, that's true. Even the first Toy Story sort of has the romance between Bo Peep and... Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Dumb, uh, dumb bullshit. <laughs> yeah, um, very extraneous character. I guess, like, she's kind of shoehorned in a little bit later. Um, she has some utility, but then she's just immediately dropped after, she, after like, she shows up at the end. Right. Like, like there's no resolution to to her existence in this movie. Yeah. Uh, it's it's surprising, like, Angelina Jolie agreed to be in this movie. <laughs> well, we, we keep hitting upon the time period for, like, a lot of explanations, and I, I do honestly think it that plays a lot into it just because... Um, Especially after Shrek, and especially like with the tradition of of Disney Pixar getting huge names, yeah. um, for for these kids' movies, I I, I can kind of see it. Right. I mean this this is the movie that got Scorsese too. The, the one movie, one animated movie that got him. Yeah. So, who knows? Maybe I mean, maybe maybe it's like a real life Shark Tale, and they have collateral on everybody involved. <laughs> <laughs> they all owe money. These are all, all of them. the actors and actresses who owe money to a Hollywood bookie. They had to make this to, movie. To Bilbo Baggins or whatever his name <laughs> yeah. is. Bebo Bergeron. Bebo. It's even actually almost better than Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> it's, it's a, it sounds like a Star Wars name. Yeah, like, it does. Um, um, so but what yeah, happens so, next? Yeah. Oh, God. Shark um, Slayer. He, he has a video game that they make for him as well. Right, right. Um, and actually, that that video game is is the root of another interesting uh, scene transition that I that I picked up on. But we'll we'll get to that in a second. Because first, um, he he like alarms go off over the city when he's having a party at his at his um, at his penthouse uh, because another shark is approaching the city, and it turns out that it's Lenny. Right. Um, and him and Lenny kind of come to an agreement um, because Lenny is is kicked. He's not really kicked out of his family, but he has nowhere to. He feels like he has nowhere to go. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so he agrees to keep Oscar's secret um, if Oscar agrees to, like, just let him stay with him and, and just have a home. Right. Yeah. Well, I think the idea is that Lenny um, wants everybody in the shark, Italian shark mafioso community to think he's dead as well, um, right. or at least disappeared yeah, he, so he can start a new life. And uh, at one point, he tries to start a new life as a dolphin. Uh- <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hence the, the gay yeah. drag coated yeah, mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but yeah, so when, when Lenny in, when Lenny and Oscar are like, are sneaking through the city to get back to, to, to find a place to hide Lenny, um, Oscar fan, he, he isn't fantasized, but he has like this, this fantasy, fantasy sequence of being eaten by a shark 
and it, it like it shows his imagination and then it zooms out and it turns out it's the jellyfish playing his video game yeah, yeah. In his <laughs> which was neat it was it, it's cool like to have a just a not just like a, a smash cut or whatever yeah yeah definitely oh i guess we also failed to mention um one of my favorite scenes in the movie oh my god uh, yes. the shark funeral service <laughs> uh that is performed in latin uh, because yes. they are Catholics, because um, they're all they're all Italian Catholics. They yeah. believe in heaven and hell. They say like they hope he goes to heaven, um, and his body literally floats. Yeah, to the yeah, top that's of the right. <laughs> it's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, they like, they push it off a cliff and then it floats up. <laughs> yeah, um, Peter Falk plays. Um, so this is interesting. His character was supposed to be named like Don, and then some stereotypical Italian name, but then they changed it to like Don some stereotypical jewish name instead because they were like ah you see it's not just italian stereotypes we have in this movie <laughs> so he's kind of like the hesh character from sopranos yeah exactly yeah. and he's also you know he sings in this one and, and hesh is you know a producer a music mm-hmm. producer so yeah definitely yep. and he he farts in this one too yep. he does fart. <laughs> and there's some like fart <laughs> bubbles like dirty fart bubbles um <laughs> and it makes a it makes an, uh, an orca yep. pass out yep um so yeah, in at the funeral, we also learn, or, or Don Lino learns that um, there is a fish calling himself the Shark Slayer, and he sends out his goons to go gather information. So then, yeah, then right, we have the sequence where uh, Oscar and Lenny make this pact, um, and and then right. from there, um, one of the better sequences I feel like in this film is when uh, Lenny and Oscar have a pretend fight. Well, first, really quick before this, Angie finds out, and she she's implicated now. She she knows their secret, right? Yeah, because he hides yep. Lenny in the the whale wash, like the garage, garage, or or, yeah. yeah, supply shed or something like that. I think he sleeps on like a big sponge or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, then they then they they try to fake the fight. Like they they put together this whole sequence, like this um, exaggerated like kayfabe. Mm-hmm. kayfabe knockout battle yeah. in the middle of the city to um because they know that the shark enforcers are coming and also to to um shore up oscar's reputation right. as the shark slayer my understanding is that this is uh pretty similar to the plot of the reluctant dragon you ever heard that short story which was made into a film as well yeah, i think that's isn't that like an early live action disney film i think it is yeah mm-hmm. it's one of those things i mean it's 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 kind of a stock story um at this point, I, th- I think um, Megamind is kind of similar. That's another dream. Oh, really? Kind of similar. Yeah. Um, they they hit a, they do elements of that. Um, but yeah, like it, it it's a it's a kind of a classic uh, morality tale. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the hero makes a pact with a villain who isn't really all that villainous, and they they kind of keep keep up the facade to um to maintain the the illusion and everything. Yeah, you heard it here, folks. This film is a smart as fuck morality tale. Uh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyway, the the ruse does work, um, and and Lenny fakes his death, and all the sharks are scared off. Um, the sharks and the the octopus yeah. uh, Luna Luca 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 named after yeah. Luca Brazzi from The Godfather, uh, the, of course, uh, of course, enforcer consigliere of uh, the Corleone family. Mm-hmm. I guess even th- this this was enough of a kids movie that couldn't go around screaming pussy. No, <laughs> they could not be. They could not scream big pussy. No. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite octopus. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's like this really interesting sequence of maybe two or three shots in in the in the pretend fight here where so uh it's the finishing blow that oscar deals on lenny actually he he lifts him above his head 
And then he right. grabs him by the tail, he spins him around, and he throws him. And when he throws him, it cuts to a billboard. So the audience perspective is we're looking at a billboard, and we see Lenny, uh, the, dis- the billboard is displaying Lenny flying towards the billboard. Yeah. And then Lenny hits the billboard, it blows apart, he falls, he passes by another small billboard where you see Oscar cheering, and then it cuts yep. to him falling even further down past a larger billboard which is displaying Oscar looking at Lenny falling. See, this is why they needed three directors to capture this <laughs> uh, intricate storyboarding. Um, th- this one scene alone was, was two of the directors. It was, it was, it was the other two. Bebo oversaw everything else. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's, it's well shot. It's well, it's a well-crafted sequence. It's kind of like, um, kind of like a Superman thing. Like Oscar, he flies through. The, oh yeah. Flies, yeah. He flies. He's like swimming through the city. Um, but yeah, it works, and, and Lenny fakes his death, and um, Oscar's Oscar's illusion is maintained for now. But then, in the aftermath of all the success, um, Angie reveals that she is in love with him, right? Mm-hmm. Because and, uh, he kisses is, Lola, like they Lola kisses. Yeah, him. that's right. They share a kiss in front of everybody, right? Is on camera too with the on camera. She, Lola shoves um, Katie Couric. What, what's Katie, Katie Couric's current? Name? Katie current yeah. <laughs> um, out of the way and she she starts making out with Oscar on camera mm-hmm. um, and of course this pisses off Angie um, and she reveals her love to Oscar but he, he kind of just like walks away because he's confused or so she's like get out of here get out of here uh, but this then this sets up a little nice moment between Angie and Lenny um, it's not a big moment it's just like a little thing um, but the fact that they actually have some kind of connection um, it's not uncommon, but it's not common either for like secondary characters to relate on a human level in kids' movies. I feel um, yeah, it was it was just enough. nice to see some. It was it was just like it's nice to see some interaction between characters that aren't the main character in in it in like a simple kids' cartoon. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, to have uh, yeah the, some different perspective. Um, yeah, as opposed to just the uh, the the main character throughout although i guess we get a decent amount of perspective from like the sharks mm-hmm. too yeah but again yeah, they're true. mostly caricatures who have almost no real emotions so <laughs> well i mean neither do italians so. <laughs> <laughs> we're allowed to say this folks yep. lewis is italian yep. get out the uh get out the the calipers gotta measure the <laughs> italian shark skulls the, Ital- the thickness of the italian shark skull <laughs> Uh, um so what happens next uh <laughs> oh 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 um oscar dumps lola right mm-hmm. um and then the next day angie doesn't show up to work because she had been abducted by the sharks yes right um so they they uh schedule a, a sit down mm-hmm. um uh, they actually sit down, which is yeah. which they, yeah. they sit down. They <laughs> in sharks the... sit down and fish sit down in chairs uh, mm-hmm. in the um, maybe the captain's quarters of the Titanic, I guess. Uh. Sure. <laughs> and Oscar kind of like intimidates them all, and he he pretends not to care about Angie, and then he has Lenny pretend to eat her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To like saying like oh fuck you like I'll kill her myself I don't care blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm I'm the shark slayer yeah. and all the sharks are believing it they believe it right up until Lenny vomits because he he can't he doesn't like yeah meat basically right because he's it, yeah. it makes sense it, from a character perspective he does he, it he just, previously too right doesn't he do it when 
He's, oh, he pretends to eat Oscar yeah, during their pretend during fight. During their pretend fight. Um, and then he throws him up there as well. There's a funny line in, in this uh, in this sit down when uh, I think it's either the orcas or, or one of the other sharks. Um, when Oscar enters, um, they say to each other, like, oh, man, Oscar's he's got dolphin muscle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, dolphins are on record as having killed sharks yeah. before, like they kind of swarm a shark. Um, right. So yeah, it's possible. Truth. Yeah. Truth is in fiction, folks. Um, but yeah, when when. When he vomits, um, his dad immediately notices him, and then there's kind of a, a very a very human scene because um, he when he finds that Lenny's alive, his first his first um, reaction is relief in 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 like thankfulness, and he's like, oh, like my son, you're you're alive, and then he gets pissed off, which under the circumstances is like what a normal human being would do, right? Yep. Um, he he's not just like a caricature just like he's not just pissed off at the deception right away yeah well i mean that's what happens when you uh when you hire robert de niro um so i had the best folks i don't think he phoned it in just just saying i don't think he phoned it in yeah um oh and then this is where uh uh, lola comes back in um oh yeah she betrays them that she's the one that tipped off the sharks to the relationship between oscar and right Mm mm-hmm um, and, and she was, she was pissed off, um, at Oscar and she literally said, Oh God, her character is so awful. She literally says like, the only thing I like more than, than being superficial is getting revenge. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> Just really rough. Um, and, and God, like it's so weird cause all, all the character models look exactly like their, their, their actors, like we were saying. Um, but Angelina Jolie is the only one that kind of doesn't. Really? No, not and, really. Yeah, um, not much. And the, this is the sequence where all the sharks are like, are, are lusting over her vocally. Like they, they wolf whistle and stuff. And like, oh, what a perfect woman. Hubba hubba. Um, it's just weird to see like a, a, a fuckable fish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, Again, it's just this movie. I don't know. I mean, yes, it's animated. Yes, it's made by one of the biggest animation studios of the 2000s. But <laughs> I, I do, I, it's, this is closer to the South Park movie than it is to Shrek Two. Like, <laughs> hot take. Well, folks. I mean, there, it's there's, for there's adult. There, there's adult stuff in Shark in, in in the Shrek series. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, obviously, you know, like a donkey and a dragon have sex and they have uh, babies. They have donkey dragon yeah. <laughs> and abomination. And donkey is is somewhat crass as well. Um, and like the gingerbread man says, like crass stuff about having a thong or. Pinocchio or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And Lord Farquaad's name is supposed to sound like Farquaad. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I guess. I just, I don't know. I think it's pretty stark in this movie. I just, I was I was pretty baffled throughout. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And, and I mean, furry, the furry fandom has kind of latched onto any halfway attractive and, and a lot of unattractive cartoon characters, but um, they, they do play it up here with Lola. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if there's um, like a furry community around this movie. I mean, if it if it's possible, it exists. Yeah. That's kind of documented. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the furry community, uh, Lola Bunny is the other big one that they always go back to. So it's just that name, I guess. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. What do you think the Lola in this is like a reference to? Do you think anything, or just like? I don't think they put that much Probably thought into not. it. No, I did yeah. like that. Um, Dougie Doug and Ziggy Marley are named Ernie and Bernie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
Um, Every other name is nonsense and doesn't matter. But um, well, L- L- Luca, I guess it's the only one that's like really a reference to anything. Mm-hmm. So then this movie ends, right? Well, no, there's the. Uh, <laughs> it kind of just ends. It kind of ends shortly after this. Um, the deception having been revealed, um, Dunlino starts chasing Oscar, um, trying to eat him, and Oscar runs back to the car wash. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, where he traps Don Lino, um, and accidentally um, Lenny in the in the, in the the machinery of the car wash. Right. Yeah. So they meant to trap. So there's like this this contraption that grabs the whales so they don't uh, well, like when the whales go crazy. So like there's one uh, they 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 telegraph this by Oscar like sprays yeah, um, bubbles in a whale's eye. So then the whale starts going crazy. So there's just like these two kind of rings that come out and, and grab the whale um, emergency restraints yeah, kind emergency of thing. restraints so they, they're trying to get don lino in that emergency restraint um, but they miss and get lenny but instead um right. they get don lino in like the the scrubbers like the uh the, the bristly scrubbers like a bunch of them converge yeah, on he, don um, lino and we see we see oscar going crazy with all the levers and everything because he he deliberately uh, jams up the machine so so Don Lino gets caught yeah I actually thought that was kind of interesting it's kind of like this working class know-how defeats the antagonist like I don't know mm-hmm. that's kind of cool yeah for sure um no that that that, that is cool I, I I did like how he defeated um captured and defeated Don yeah Lino. it's not like he just like mercs him it's just um <laughs> they have and they have a another sit down basically um between mm-hmm. Lenny and Don Lino and they kind of just talk about their feelings um, and he's like, oh, I, 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 I'll forgive you, son. You can be, you can, you don't have to eat meat and you can be however you want to be. Yeah. And this is why the, uh, American Family Association, uh, <laughs> said this is trying to indoctrinate children. Pushing degenerate homosexuality. <laughs> um, it, it is pretty on the nose if, if you choose to nose. read it that way. Yeah. 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 Um, kudos to DreamWorks, I guess, for that. Uh, sure. It's. Also, kudos to DreamWork for their anti-Italian discrimination. Yeah, yeah. very true. <laughs> Thank you. Very true. Um, it's funny, the Italic Association, or whatever the fuck it's called, <laughs> the Italic Institute of America, I was on their website, and because uh, they still exist. Oh, my God. Um, the, 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 um, that coalition, though, doesn't exist anymore. Is it in all italics? No, that'd be incredible. Um, it's actually hard to <laughs> find <laughs> their institute if you don't type the whole name, because like there are Italic Institutes about Italics font. What yeah. Yeah, so I don't know why they call it the Italic oh Institute. Uh, it's like he just tried. He wanted to sound smart, um, but they did like this report on like movies from like the 30s to now, basically, and like they they tried to see. They had like some me- metrics on like stereotypes, and they were like only like 20 percent of these movies are not stereotypes of Italian Americans, and the other 80 percent were all like stereotypes. And like every movie you can think of, like The Godfather, hey, we give, Goodfellas, we give this three gabagools out of four. <laughs> no, but and it's and, and but you have to pay for the full report too. You have to pay like thirty dollars to Good the PayPal. God, who would? And yet, or you have to just like send them a check. Like they're they're in the fucking oh. Stone Age still. Yeah, I mean. The people who that who get suckered into supporting these organizations are the type of people who still mail checks and like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. so I, I guess it makes sense that they would have like a PO box just to yeah. bilk, to bilk, unfortunately like probably old and elderly 
Italian Americans who just have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, well, that's the whole cottage industry of like Italian American, right. uh, you know, ephemera. Like, right? It's like, sure, uh, you have there's these these dumbass CDs. They're called like Paisan or something, and they and they look like the <laughs> Barillo. Um, like pasta box but it says like paisan and it's just like this compilation of like you know frankie valley songs frank sinatra like you know all these all these crooners um i'm sorry that's just like that's like something you'd find on weird twitter where anti-italian <laughs> quote-unquote racism is encouraged yeah. like no this shit's like, real hey look at hey look at my paisan cd collection <laughs> it's like a box of fucking that's yeah. insane yep. 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 Oh my god! I, I bought it once for my my mother for Christmas. I think, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god! It's it, it's ridiculous, but like that shit yeah. has just been around forever. Like, because Italian Americans, you know, they they wanted to be white, so they like they mm-hmm. gave up their culture entirely so they could have mm-hmm. this dumb, you know, bullshit mirror image version of of Italianism um, reflected through right. consumerism, basically. Yeah, reflected in in the the glass of a of a wine bottle or something. I don't know. They don't even not even good wine though. Like uh, yeah, you yeah. know, like uh, what's a uh, yellowtail? Yes, yes. Um, yellowtail. That's a sharp reference. Hey, uh, fish fish reference. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, the movie kind of just ends. Everything gets wrapped up really neatly, yeah. and and this kind of pissed me off. Um, the resolution to this movie. I hated it. The sharks yep. just be good. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they, they kind of like comfortably ignore the question of how they're going to eat now. Right. Yeah. Because they start working at the whale wash as well. No, they're, they're customers. Oh, that's right. They're customers. Lenny works there, but they come as customers right. and, and, and these, these little scamps, these little like urban youth gang that Oscar's friends yeah. with throughout the movie, they, they, who's shown doing graffiti. Yep. They, they channel their, their antisocial impulses into, into a profession. Yep by being like temporary tattoo artists for the sharks Mm -hmm. Um, my favorite character in this movie though crazy joe the hermit crab i did like the mm, the scene where that those those youths are doing graffiti and he comes out of like his trash can that he lives in and he like encourages them to like pursue their passion (laughs) yes was like hey you kids this is all over my show actually it looks kind of good (laughs) he's like i like it Um, and they play at one point he's like, I'm going to go watch my, my, my program. And he pulls back into his shell yeah. and there's like holes in the side and light starts coming out yep. and they play like the Benny yeah, Hill. It's, it's, the, yeah, it's the Benny Hill theme song. <laughs> it's cracking up. Yeah. Um, um, but what I just like the most about the ending here too, is that Oscar, you know, who previously just worked at, at the whale wash now is like a shareholder. Because, because his dad used yeah, to, and he was proud of his dad right. for, for, being a good worker and like taking pride in his work and enjoying his vocation. Yeah. So Oscar previously was like, Oh, I was all about that. I love my dad. Then I realized like that this was lame because in school once I brought in like my dad's photo and, and kids, and kids at laughed at me because I said he scrubs whales. Um, so at the end, like the way that that's, you know, resolved is that, Oh, not only Oscar can continue working at the whale wash, but now he has a share in the whale wash. He, he's a co-owner. He becomes a fucking boss. He becomes a fucking boss. He, like that's dumb. It's, it, it makes sense given neoliberal right. yes. cartoon movie for, for kids and families. Right. Like it, it makes total sense, but it's awful. Cause um, he, he was, he was a worker and and weirdly um 
his 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 scheme of being the shark slayer was better than being an owner of a, of a company yeah like like he yeah he was lying to people he was put on this act but like he was protecting his community non-violently that's true um he was he was giving work and in, in a home to an oppressed out like otherized um like like kind of prodigal son character um like who cares that he was lying to everybody it's, it's like he, he was like an entertainer yeah um he he was telling he was selling and marketing a fiction and yeah he he became rich and bougie but like i on balance i i don't find that as offensive as like as 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 being a small business tyrant mm-hmm. no for sure yeah i think the the grift is is way more admirable than um yes than becoming yeah like you said this 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 small business owner but yeah again like the these these psychopaths that work at that dreamworks and especially pixar need to tell themselves these fictions um they need to they need to tell themselves this narrative that like being a boss being an owner being some kind of professional managerial um small business tyrant is 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 better than being a quote-unquote grifter than being like than quote-unquote lying to people to tell stories or whatever because that's that's like the the pernicious myth of neoliberalism right right like we what if what you do is honest it's it's better than than telling fictions because even even controlling and stealing from wage labor is is better than that as long as it's like quote-unquote honest right yeah no it's um it's it's fairly ridiculous um dynamic at work here um but not surprising at all um i kind of saw that coming i was like you know when sure we saw his picture of his father and he told that story i was like it's probably going to be a resolve that yes he continues working there but he owns uh, the place as well um i would have been just fine if he just continued working there even without the ownership i think yeah, but w- within this neoliberal framework, there has to be at least some kind of progression, right. but like honest, honest progression. Right. And that's what makes becoming the boss li- not only legitimate, but admirable. Yeah, yeah exactly. It would have been better if he just became like a, a capo in the uh, in the Italian shark mafia. That would have been yes. great. I mean, it would make more sense if, because like, I, I in, in like, I hate this kind of CinemaSin style bullshit, but like, what are the are the sharks just not going to eat right like are, right. are they all going to become vegetarian are they going to eat other fish or yeah like, they just go to a different reef <laughs> they go to different different like <laughs> they go to like the the, the boston analog in yeah. this extended universe or it's like so um what's his name uh the guy who has really ridiculous hair in sopranos um who's also part of the e street band bruce springsteen's group who like picks all the music for the sopranos oh silvio silvio yeah so silvio that actor steven steven zant was in a netflix show called like uh, lily hammer where it's like he's a yeah, yeah he's an italian gangster who goes to like scandinavia so they should have yes. done that with this um so all the italian american uh, mafiosa sharks like go to like the coral reef like they go to like australia <laughs> No, we could we could call it Lola Hammer because the Lola character <laughs> she kind of just disappears apropos of nothing because she went to the witness protection program oh, obviously because yeah, yeah. we get no resolution to her. That's true. Her inclusion. Yeah, these are, and these are better movies than this one, and they haven't been made. <laughs> yes, that's what we do on this show. Um, <laughs> yeah, and like like I was saying, like I I, I really hate like applying CinemaSins style pedant like pedantic analysis to to any movie, frankly, but like um. And yeah, I, I know I'm kind of missing the forest for the trees here, but I, I, I think this, the whole 
question of like what the sharks are supposed to do um it it kind of brings to light one of the issues or like one of the irreconcilable problems with um making like i guess morality tales or like um fables of like of like anthropomorphic animals uh, of anthropomorphic animals um outside of a magical context outside right. of a myth- mythological mm-hmm. context because if you apply too much real world logic um it, it just heightens the contradictions until everything breaks right. down um, well this is exactly what john berger was saying in yes. in that uh, essay on uh, looking at animals that we talked about in our uh, right. our episode with molly um right you know like it's just what we see now, the the Disney-fied version of anthropomorphic animals is just like this neoliberal bullshit um, that has, right. you know, just is totally removed from, like you said, the more magical elements of, of, of fairy tales, fables, um, or, or, you know, what some people call magic realism, you know, um, uh, uh, in, in more contemporary fiction. Um, right. Um, which he has a really good bit about that. Of course, everybody should go read the article, um, or the, the essay, um, Mm. and how like he's, he talks about how like magical realism is, is, you know, kind of sequestered into this other category, uh, and and just otherized in general, um, to almost delegitimize it, um, as like a serious uh, conceit. And I think we brought it up last time, but um, magical realism had it. It kind of was born out of like the Latin American right. um, writing communities, which kind of it, it. It's it's weirdly, like you were saying, otherized and marketed that way. It, it's not like it's it's not just contained in the tradition that kind of happens in all cultures. It ha- it has to be this like regionalistic specific thing, um, be, just just because of, like the the literary um, establishment didn't couldn't just take it for on face value. Right. I guess. Yeah. Exactly. So you know. So we instead we have the bullshit that we see in this film, the bullshit that we see in um, Disney as being, you know, kind of the the default version of mm-hmm. of of that these kind of more um, fanciful uh, elements. Um, and even and even if you approach it as as open mindedly as possible, it it just does create the, these these unavoidable contentions, mm-hmm. like the. E- even even stepping away from the kind of pedantic cinemasin style bullshit, just within the movie itself, within the emotional beats of the movie, within the plot of the movie, um, it's about a shark not wanting to eat and being an outcast because of that. Right. So like it, it, at the end, it just isn't addressed. There is no resolution to that with the other sharks. The, the, the other sharks accept him, but like then we're also asked to to imagine that they just all become like that as well. Um, with no build up to it throughout the entire movie, um, it 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 just doesn't work. Like yeah. it does, it doesn't work internally, which is the biggest mm-hmm. issue. Yeah, there, no, there's a lot of dishonesty. Um, it, you see it a lot in the film Zootopia. Uh, I don't know if you saw that one. Oh my god! Yeah, that I know. I think yeah, I, I saw that. I saw that a while ago. I just forget. I forget like the the plot, but I know like there was this thing about like oh, all carnivores are bad, but no, that's just the the secret cabal yeah. government mm-hmm. forcing right. carnivores to yeah, be bad. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it was an allegory for like racism, but it was just utter bullshit. I mean, um, basically anthropomorphic, uh, morality fables need to be magic yeah. or they don't make mm-hmm. sense. It, 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 either, either every shark in the world 
eats meat not because they biologically need to because they evolved that way but because that that's how that's how the gods created sharks that that works better right. as an explanation for all this shit than, than saying they're just carnivores and they they develop that yeah. way no exactly i think um yeah those the the more mythic and 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 folklore and and, and fable-esque um stories are just are gonna be inherently more interesting and just on one final note that's why looney tunes is better than disney <laughs> that's true yeah yeah it operates on that kind of emotive um archetype logic more so than storybook bullshit yep yep no yeah uh, Meredy melodies looney tunes you know uh, chuck jones and uh, all those guys um you know well ahead of their time in terms of animation mm-hmm. even Hanna barbera i would say like is almost more interesting than like disney stuff whereas their animation isn't like great you know you, you their animation's horrible yeah. <laughs> but like i <laughs> i do think they have more going on beneath the surface at least in their attempts of what they try right. to do mm-hmm. than disney did um yeah yeah that, that that's an int- that i i can i can agree with that yeah um until they start doing like the scooby-doo stuff and it's like no this is fucking stupid oh but God. yeah or Jabberjaw, that 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 the um, fucking shark i do like johnny quest and yeah. i do like um space ghost is pretty mm-hmm. cool right but then that they, they they're going away from the, the more animal centric stuff there and you know sure yeah sure i i agree i mean those things are good as well um in speaking of uh, Looney Tunes, uh, my theory is that this movie is uh, good way to close it out. Yes, <laughs> this movie is the movie version of those T-shirts you'd see at Walmart in the mid two thousands that have like the yes. gangsta version of Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. Like, yes, this is just the movie embodiment of that. Will Smith Fish, when we meet him, he's literally wearing um, gold chains and sunglasses yep. and like like a backwards backwards like yankees hat or yeah. something yeah um, he's pretending to live in one of the high rises that's actually a billboard that was kind of a cool mm-hmm. transition as well yeah it's kind of clever yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um workers of note what do we got um we have the art directors um again for that my aforementioned not quite endorsement not quite like oh this is so good but just very interesting look to this movie um we have seth engstrom ron lucas and sam mitchlap yeah no, kudos to them. I mean, I, I and I, I do think the uh, design for the the characters are interesting. Um, just the, the they they look just like their their actors. It's, yeah. it's eerie. Yeah, um, and like in interesting ways as well. So like you know, with Juggy Doug and Ziggy Marley, like you know, these are two individuals who have dreadlocks and they wear the like the Rasta caps, <laughs> and so like it just was it was smart to make them jellyfish. Although I did find yep. it a little strange that later like Christina Aguilera is also a jellyfish. Um, but she's very white. I, I think that was her hair. At the I time. think it was her look very much. Like she had yeah. kind of the, the big seventies cap. And so, if anything, that is good because it's not being like race essentialist by saying all black people are jellyfish. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, although, like, she is like um, very obviously like a lighter uh, jellyfish skin tone, though. That's it's a I little mean, weird, but. 2004 you take (laughs) (laughs) yes um so workers of note uh in addition to the art directors we also have uh martin scorsese for being a good dad (laughs) um his our our theory is that he he's in this movie because his daughter uh francesca is is born somewhere around this time frame um 
and I, well, we we did the math, and she she would have been like five or six yeah. around this yeah, time. Yeah, around this time. Um, so yeah, he uh, he wanted to make a film that his daughter could see or be in a movie yeah. that his daughter could see for once. Um, this this brings to mind an anecdote. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton he he voices the the priest in Princess Mononoke, the English dub. Mm. Um, and I watched behind the scenes when it, when I got the DVD decades ago. Like, and and the reason he said he did that was because he wanted to be in a movie that his kids could see. Nice, yeah. So good guy, good dad, Billy Bob Thornton, and good dad, Martin Scorsese. Yeah. I think it's common, you know, amongst a lot of um, the more like, uh, you know, uh, established Hollywood actors who are in these movies. Uh, they just like, they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, I wanted to make a movie that my kids could see. Um, or they just it's want just, that paycheck. Like, you know. It's just wild that Scorsese did this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, ha- it has to be something like that. Like, it honestly yeah, has to be. It has to. Some really, really personal idiosyncratic reason yeah um so uh who would you recommend this film to nick um in keeping with our interesting interesting look um appreciation for this movie um any artists out there who who are looking for like a curious example um i guess we'd call it like grounded grounded exaggeration um all the environments and and even the characters to an extent and all the objects and everything they're like I was saying earlier, earlier, they're weirdly muted, um, but they have a have a still cartoony look while not being bright and flashy. Um, just very unique, especially for the time period um, of an animated movie. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of like the uncanny valley almost. Um, Definitely, the characters yeah. are uncanny, mm-hmm. but um, the the environments, the the new New Reef City uh, Times Square looked as realistic as a new reef city Times square could look yeah I think. definitely um so our woke recommendation is for um those of you out there in film twitter land uh who uh like to see a mini sopranos reunion because um, <laughs> like we said we have big pussy and christopher multisante here mm-hmm. um and this would have been contemporaneous i mean uh sopranos yep. is 1999 to 2007 so oh yeah um, yeah this is um yeah, this is right in the middle. Yeah, of it. it's obviously why they were cast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, they, Gandolfini was going right. to be Don Lino. Yeah, yeah. I wonder why he wasn't. Maybe he was just too busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He was doing this. He, he was too busy doing uh, the Mexican tour. <laughs> oh Jesus! No, that's in two thousand one. Yeah, that's whatever. True. Doing some other yeah, movie that is probably good because of his performance and only because of his performance. <laughs> just like, just like the Mexican. <laughs> Um, and our bespoke recommendation, um, I guess, <laughs> bespoke recommendation is to those those <laughs> idiotic, like, italic um, organizations and those weird Italian anti-defamation organizations. Just, like, if you're going to do something about that, like, at least petition for something valuable. Like, try to rename Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day instead. Or or also try to push for a Sacco and Benzetti Day. Don't, like, get caught up in this this weird quote-unquote reverse racism bullshit that you you probably don't even think is that true yeah no it's 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 pretty ridiculous and on at least the italic uh institute of america or whatever um their website they have something about indigenous people's day and they're like Mm. it's okay it should exist it should just be a different day and columbus day should also be allowed to exist (laughs) they are the columbus indigenous people's day uh centrists in this fight (laughs) they really are um 
you know and yeah. it's and this is the interesting thing about like columbus day so like the first columbus day uh president benjamin harrison he he yeah. issued the first Columbus Day, which was just like a one-time only thing, because in nineteen in no sorry in eighteen ninety one, eleven Italian Americans were lynched in New Orleans. Um, so gotcha. There was a big you know international backlash. So he was like, oh shit, let's do this Columbus Day thing, just like get it out there. Um, but like the Italian Americans like don't even talk about that. Like the people I know, like they don't even know that history. Right, and and we should we should stop with the the anti-Italian irony for a second, like <laughs> maybe explain this just just a brief note before we sign off here for for any normie listeners out there. Um, lefty lefty Twitter and weird Twitter jokingly and ironically make fun of anti-Italian racism by pretending to embrace it. Right. Um, it it it's it's funny and it's in vogue to be quote unquote racist against Italians. Um, because the the point of that is to highlight the absurdity of of claims of white people when white people claim to be racially oppressed right Um, because like the the stereotype is that italian american people are are particularly vocal and particularly bad about that um and i think also it has its roots in the idea that like italians weren't considered white um up until very recently historically speaking right somewhere Um, they they, they weren't considered basically Right, you weren't considered white unless you were a literal wasp, right? Um, in America, well, not a literal wasp, but a figurative wasp in America, <laughs> a, a white Anglo-Saxon, pro- a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant um, in America. Um, all of which is to underscore the idea that ra- race is is a fiction; it is a construct. Um, racism is is predicated on on mistaking that for biological belief, and. Um, we are not really anti-Italian racists no. on Procon, no. especially Lewis, um, <laughs> who's who's, anti- who's Italian American himself. But um, but yeah, just to we were making a lot of anti-Italian jokes, and it, it is it is fucking funny, but it's it's um it's not in earnest. Yeah, yeah, and I would say to uh, any Italian Americans out there listening to this, uh, learn the history of Italians becoming yes. white in America. Um, there are books about it. There are essays about it. Um, I think uh, the most recent uh, article I saw, it was either the New York Times or the Washington Post, did an article, and it was literally called, like, When Italians Became White. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 a fascinating history. Um, and there, there were Italian-Americans who were, um, you know, right there at anti-racist struggles with African-Americans, um, you know, during, like, the Civil Rights era. Um, but yep. we Sacco and Vanzetti themselves, and Vanzetti themselves um, were themselves. anarchists, um, you know, who, who, who believed wrongly imprisoned, wrongly murdered, right. um, you know, and, and they believed in, um, solidarity, um, uh, amongst, um, all, all races and classes. Um, so the, an- the anarchist dream for people who are unaware. Right. Um, so, you know, I don't know, just, uh, don't. Don't buy into the uh, "Hey, I'm walking here, gabagool," you know, version of of Italian Americanism. Um, there right. is a real radical history uh, in America of of Italian Americans um, fighting for justice, fighting against injustice, um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, um, it's. I guess I guess I would add um, just to just to build on that for a br- really brief note um, to the Italian American listeners out there. Uh, forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> wow i couldn't resist them and, <laughs> and that is uh joker brain in action uh 
Exactly. Uh, Pagla- Pagliacci brain in action. <laughs> Hell yes. Um, but yeah, folks, that was Shark Tale. It's a it's a it's a weirdo one, but um, kind of prompted this interesting discussion. I would say. Yeah, definitely. Um, I actually seen it before. I saw it in theaters. Um, so it was uh, an interesting rewatch. Mm. Um, and uh, again, it is because we are doing a gangster month in November. Right. So watch this space, folks, for mm-hmm. uh, some other interesting entries. Next week we're gonna be we're gonna be doing uh, that that shitty film Godfather Part Two, um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the worst of the Godfather films. Uh, long movies are bad, folks. No, <laughs> yeah, any movie, <laughs> every movie should get minus one percentage from its Rotten Tomato score for every minute it goes over yeah. ninety minutes. Yep, that's right. Although I am excited to see Scorsese's The Irishman, and that movie's uh, like three and a half hours long. <laughs> You earn an exception if you sh- publicly shit on the MCU. Yeah, that's true. You get a pass cool. for one one of your films. <laughs> it's called the Gabagool Pass. Um, <laughs> but on that note, we will see you next week, folks. See you next week. <laughs>